call your mom more from Rob had a big vision back many years ago uh, to say, you know what, we should be able to get loans out to small businesses, allow them to create jobs, eventually create this, you know, animal that is cash flow as a service to allow the baker focus on what he or she loves, which is baking. They're scaling very nicely. 2017 did 200 million bucks in revenue, 1.5 billion lent in that year alone. This year, in the next few months, they'll pass 5 billion total lent to over 150,000 small businesses, scaling over 300 million bucks in revenue, looking at many different products, again, to make that vision of cash flow as a service come true. Interested in blockchain and, and crypto that sits on top of it, but nothing particularly as important right now as him managing volatility in capital markets, both domestically uh, and across the world. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Rob Prowine. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called Cabbage. In 2008, he was recognized uh, that he recognized that companies like eBay offered automated access to small business transaction data via APIs. But he realized a lot of small businesses could simply share this data to allow underwriters to make better, faster credit decisions and provide a great user experience. Because of that, he co-founded Cabbage to leverage the power of real-time data automation through technology. Rob, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right. So I'm excited to have you on. You were on about a year and a half ago, and you shared with us then at that point, you had raised about 500 million bucks. You had lent about $4 billion to about 100,000 small businesses across the... I just... I believe just the United States. Give us a quick update on those three numbers, then we'll dive more into the business. Um, so we, uh, so yeah, so over over the summer last summer, we uh, raised some money from SoftBank, um, uh, obviously of, uh, of of fame of investing a, a fair amount of money in a bunch of businesses. A good group of folks who really invest behind vision uh, in uh, in companies. Um, we've uh, grown considerably. We put out a billion and a half dollars last year. Um, we're set to put up uh, nearly two and a half billion this year. So things have gone great. Um, we're launching a bunch of countries with a bunch of other, uh, sorry, I've got a bit of a cold. No, take your time, man. Yeah. So 1.5 in 2017, 2.5 billion lent this year. Yeah, exactly. 2.5 this year. Um, really going to serve out, bring on about 45,000 new customers this year, small businesses in the U.S. Um, we're also um, really focused on Figuring out ways to provide more value to small businesses. So we um, launched a card and a uh, full launch of a card. So now, and I'll pull it out of my pocket if I can find it easily here, um, a card that provides uh, working capital on the go at the POS. Um, oh, wow. folks store, so small businesses there. We're launching bill pay invoice advances, um, really allowing, and our goal really here is, is to, to find the um, moments and times where small businesses really need to access capital and make sure we're there to be available to those small businesses as an option. Um, the one thing I think we've, we've really hit on here is um, the, the hardest thing for a small business, and pretty much everybody who's run a small business can appreciate that, is cash flow. And lending is one piece of that puzzle. So we want to make sure that we do it right for, for our customers. So what are you at now today to total money lent? Are you guys past the $5 billion mark now? We are, we are about to hit it. Wait, uh, by the way. Oh, look at this. 
Here's the cabbage card. I love it. It can't be used anywhere. So I, was, I, was, I was about to say, people are taking notes right now going, well, I'm going to try this thing at the next ATM. There you go. Good Good luck. If you can if you can make it work, go for it. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll pay them as a bug finding fee, right? <laughs> to cover that yeah. up. All right, good. So you'll pass $5 billion, I, I Lent, I think, before the end of this okay. year. And yeah. Well, actually, it happened in the next couple of months, I believe. That's great. And what was the updated number on total small businesses that have used you? So uh, now we're closing in on about 150,000. Um, so it's, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's really become a sizable, um, business here, but, you know, more importantly, I think we're really starting to impact a lot of small businesses. We've done studies, um, that really show that, you know, the capital that we're putting out really produces a lot of jobs you know, about 20,000 jobs for every billion dollars, um, that's put out. And, uh, and that's really important because, um, small businesses drive more than half of the non-farm GDP in the U S. Yep. Now, Rob, when you did the deal with SoftBank, which by the way, that 250 was included in the 500 total raised, right? Yeah, that's correct. That's okay, correct. great. So 250 from SoftBank, you did an interview, you said you were expecting to do about 200 million in 2017 revenue, which was up from double, I think you said in 2015. Uh, what's the growth rate look like in 2018? Do you break 300 million? Uh, we do. Oh, great. Uh, so yeah, so we will. Um, it's, uh, you know, and that's, that's great. You know, revenue is a great measure of growth for sure. And, and we're excited about that. Um, uh, but it's only, you know, it's only obviously one measure and the number of businesses served, the number of loans we're putting out, the amount of capital we're putting out and the impact that has um, downstream uh, for the economy, all all critical uh, facts that we pay attention to. Yep. Fill that puzzle piece out, though, for us real quick. I mean, how do you make money? Is it a cut on something? Where's that revenue come from? Yeah. So we um, uh, yeah, we're, we basically make interest on the loans that we that we offer to customers. So that's the pri- that's a primary revenue um, driver. We also license our technology to third parties that allows um, uh, that allows us to earn some licensing revenue as well. You're talking to other banks, um, to other banks, right? Uh, the deals that we have, for example, with ING, and we're launched with them in Spain, Italy, and France. We're launched with Santander as a, as an example in the UK. So that drives revenue to the business. We're also getting into other types of transaction types where we're you know we we obviously offer the car that. Uh, you know, provide some revenue through interchange, um, you know, as an opportunity for us. So we're really sort of building out the suite of um, revenue that we're that we're building in the company. And at the same time, obviously trying to do it in a way that um, creates value for the customers. For a small business listening to that might want to go to Cabbage and use you paint us as simply as you can. What is the true cost of capital working through you? Yeah, so um, the the true cost of capital for a small business, it, it really depends on the small business and the risk. So we have Rates that are as low as 12%. Uh, and in fact, we're doing a deal um, right now, um, which, which we'll talk about uh, in a few months, um, where, uh, where small businesses will be able to access capital for as low as um, mid to upper single digits um, for certain types of purchases and things along those lines online. And, uh, and so uh, the true cost of capital can be anywhere from, you know, like I said, below 10% in connection with that deal. And then run up into the you know sort of mid you know we we average about a, a mid thirties APR but but the most important um, thing to focus on is you know the use of capital so what we we really talk with our small businesses about is to leverage the capital for revenue generating purposes so you're buying inventory to turn that inventory within a reasonable period of time we're also now putting in place we have a eighteen month product uh, that we're now going into full release in June that capital will be lower cost capital. Um, that'll focus on longer term assets. And so as cabbage grows and becomes, um, I, I think, you know, um, more 
um, complex in terms of its ability to offer products and services, but obviously simple to the customer, um, will be able to offer longer longer duration products for lower prices that are utilized for capital investments and in, uh, equipment purchases and, and the like. And, you know, as you think about kind of growing the business, um, where do you see, because you, you have many, many different lines of business, but when you look at like a, a traditional bank in terms of assets under management or outstanding loans, it's, it's, you're still have so much room to grow. I mean, there's tons of growth, right? Wow. What is it just getting that APR lower, which you'll see significant more growth from. And once you get below like a traditional bank, I mean, if you can get below a traditional bank, is that where you see explosive growth? No, you know, I, I think I think where it starts is and I and I mentioned um, it earlier that, that we've sort of uh, and, I, and I like and one of the questions I know you ask in the top five is CEOs you study. Yeah. Uh, and somebody I paid a lot of attention to is Elon Musk and Elon Musk in one sentence redefined Tesla. He said Tesla is not a car company. It's an energy company. And I've really thought about that. And, you, you know, it makes you makes you think about your company and what you're really doing and what you're really trying to create. And when I think about cabbage, I think what we're trying to do is solve the cash flow issue for small businesses. And what I would ultimately like to do is cash flow as a service. And nobody's really ever talked about cash flow as a service. But you know, we want to let the bakers bake. And that means if you're a amazing baker and you open up a bakery, you want to be focused 24-7 on creating amazing treats for your customers, right? And what you won't don't want to do is the eight hours you spend worrying about your cash flow a week. So as I think about how Cabbage hits that explosive growth, um, it's providing cash flow as a service to small businesses, which means we will be going into both deposit and payments um, over the over the next um, nine to 12 months. Uh, and what that means is customers will not only be able to borrow money from us, but we'll, they'll be able to accept payments through Cabbage, deposit them in their accounts, apply those payments to their credit line in order to cut down the cost of the credit line. Uh, put it against bills ahead of time if they can you know, save some money there, um, or even take cash surpluses and put it into an investment account and earn superior interest for it. So um, that's our goal. That's our vision uh, is to provide that service to small businesses. Oh, Rob, true or false, that also gives you additional power to loan, assuming you have to keep some ratio of your loan, kind of loan capital in the bank is that without having to go raise additional VC. Well, you know, it's interesting because we're not a bank. Um, and so we partner with banks. And so initially, we're not going to be able to leverage those deposits in our capital markets. But it is I part see. of the plan over time to figure out how we might be able to take advantage of those deposits to some extent. Uh, and it probably wouldn't be in a bank format, but it might be in the form of being able to receive a lower cost facility um, from a bank who is able to benefit from the deposits that we direct their way. We've all heard of Drift and Intercom and these other messaging companies that are reaching multi-billion dollar valuations and raising hundreds of millions of dollars. And that's why customer engagement company Freshworks is jumping into the game with their new product, FreshChat, which helps engage website visitors, convert them into customers, and retain and support those customers to become happy, engaged users. Now, Freshworks is valued at $1.5 billion and has more than 150,000 businesses around the world using them. Their new product, FreshChat, differentiates from the market because one, they've got channels to create focused message threads and threading. Number two, it's self-service inside the messenger. Number three, 
they have a lower price point, mainly because they have revenue from other revenue streams. It allows them to get away with a cheaper price point. And number four, it's specifically built for marketing, sales, and support teams. If you want to try Fresh Chat today, you can do so at nathanlacka.com forward slash Fresh Chat to turn visitors into leads and customers into happy, engaged users. Again, sign up for a 30-day free trial. It's a beautiful thing. So easy to sign up. nathanlatka.com forward slash Fresh Chat. I'll see you there. Tell me more about the, the tech side of this. We focus on the finance side, but really, I mean, someone could yeah. argue your asset is you've identified probably thousands of signals that you can pay attention to that BB&T is going to ignore. And that's what allows you to get comfortable making a loan to someone that BB&T wouldn't make a loan to. So tell me about the tech. How is that constantly evolving? So it's two things. It's one, being able to take that data in and, and understand the small business, as you said. The other piece of this is to be able to do it very, very, very quickly, right? Because it's not that small businesses need money fast. It's that those small business owners need to get back to what's really generating revenue for them, right? So focus on the things that are most important in their business. Um, So um, what we do is allow a small business to connect all key data sources that relate to how they run their business. So it can be their their banking um, account. It can be processing. So QuickBooks, Chase credit card. Shipping, social, accounting, web analytics. What we want to do is we want to get two things. One is at the time of application, we want to get the best view possible of how that small business is operating so we can answer the key questions that banks ask small businesses, which is what's the capacity or, or the size or robustness or profitability of the business? What's the character of the small business owner? If they have the money in the account, are they going to pay? And three is what's the consistency or stability? Is that business going to be around for a legitimate period of time where you know we can offer capital and enter in that kind of relationship with them? We just the, the thing that banks have done is they've taken those three core questions and they've converted it into a series of documents that are required to answer those questions. All we've said is, by the way, it's not necessarily obvious that those documents are the best or only way to answer those same questions. We can answer it through data that we can get through these direct electronic uh, connections. And that's really the technology. And by the way, when you solve a problem like that, you not only make it easier for the bank to grow and, and you know offer unique products to customers, but it makes the customers' lives easier. And the best technology solutions actually solve multiple problems at the same time, which is what this particular solution does. Yeah, the, the most powerful platforms are the ones that have the most up-to-date and, and the most numerous kind of inbound data channels, especially if the system learns quickly from those channels that you've built. It's really, it's really quite remarkable. Um, two, two last questions. One's related sure. to blockchain, not the speculation side, the actual tech. And the second is, is related to kind of data as a war that we're seeing related to Cambridge Analytica and how it applies to banking and finance. Um, Let's sure. start with let's start we'll start with blockchain. Um, any opportunity for you to get into that space from the not from speculative side, the actual tech. So the the way I think about blockchain, yeah, the answer is there's going to be a, a number of ways. I think over time, the one that I am um, thinking a lot about right now is how we actually leverage it in the capital markets in order to. So there's lots of things that we try to solve for in the the debt markets, right? If we're not a bank, so we don't have the deposit base that you referenced earlier. Um, but what we need to have is immediacy of capital. When somebody comes and asks for money, we have it. Uh, we need permanence, which means that through cycles, we'll have that element. Diversity and flexibility, a uh, diverse set of funders and a diverse set of ways to fund, and then uh, flexible capital so we can test new products and services. We've solved a lot of these issues, permanence being one that's a little bit more challenging. The way I think about blockchain, and frankly, crypto, if you will, that sits on top of blockchain, is a way to maybe 
um, either hedge against some of the some of the permanence issues that that exist in the capital markets for companies like Cabbage, um, or a way to um, so either a way to hedge it or a way to offload the permanence piece into a separate vehicle that can be tradable, um, you know, independent of that that debt facility. And without getting into a lot of details, I'm playing around with a lot of models again within the capital markets where um, crypto and blockchain can play a can play a big a role to solve all those key issues so we can continue to deliver capital to small businesses. Russia and, Ch- Russia and China have talked about trying to move parts of their trade off the U.S. dollar so that we don't have as much leverage over their kind of national security. Uh, people are saying the stock market is high right now and there's a crash coming. If that happens, quantitative easing continues to go up. Do you ever worry about the value of a U.S. dollar? Is it an actual threat to kind of what you're doing? Um, well, you know, I, well, look, I, I do worry to the extent that we, you know, operate in foreign currencies at times, we do have currency risk that's associated with some of the things that we do. So it's not so much that I worry about the, um, I worry about the, the value of the U S dollar so much as I worry about volatility, um, within the, the currency markets. And so we've looked at solutions to be able to hedge against currency risk as we receive funds in you know, euros or uh, pesos or Mexican dollars or yen or whatever it may be um, so that we can manage that. But I do think a lot about currency right now. Um, by the way, you know, five years ago, I, I could never have imagined even answering that question. Yeah, it's pretty cra- I mean, it's pretty crazy when you when you when you when you start to think about it. Uh, and look, here's so here's the last question, which also we probably wouldn't have been talking about five years ago. Uh, there are many people hooing and hawing about foreign entities making large investments in important tech companies in the US, uh, right? So SoftBank has made a major investment in you. Do they, do you feel like they have any leverage in terms of the data you're collecting, their ability to, you know, use that data for something that you're not aware of? No, no, they, they are strictly a shareholder in the company. It's, it's not a, you know, it's not a relationship where we're, we're sharing data or anything along those lines. I, you know, I, I do worry about the data, the data question and, and the Cambridge Analytica and the Facebook issues uh, that we've been seeing recently, because I don't want it to create Fear, yep. you know, globally in sharing data because there is so much good to come from sharing data. And by the way, the way we access data is we actually ask you specifically for authorization to access your data for a specified purpose. And so um, it's a very, very different experience. But a lot of times when people are not willing to get into the weeds and they just, you know, live in the world of fear, they'll throw, you know, everything in. And potentially, you know, create a lot of damage in the process, and and that would play into a lot of traditional companies' uh, playbooks simply because they're trying to protect and preserve the profits they're making from holding on to data, and uh, and we want to make sure that 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 concern is not going to um, somehow compromise the ability for people to access other products and services. Rob, on that note, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, well, you know what? Um, I read again the hard thing about hard things, uh, and uh, so I'm, I'm, I wouldn't doubt if that's been one that's been brought up on your on your uh, podcast before. Hey, so Ben's uh, a smart guy; it's a good one. Uh, there you go. Uh, number two: Is there a CEO you're following or studying? So you know, I mentioned Musk earlier. Yeah. I al- always seek inspiration um, from uh, Bezos and the things he thinks about the long term thinking uh, that Bezos has in his business. And I, and I, um, try to incorporate that daily into what I do. Number three, what's a tool that you use almost daily as you focus on growing cabbage? 
All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a repeat answer because it's so damn good. Follow up CC. <laughs> if people are not using it, especially if you're as old as I am and you're trying to keep up with these twenty something year olds, if you're not using follow up CC, you're you're not gonna survive. No worries about like the new Google inbox or new inboxes where follow up CC might not work. Uh, no, not 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 a concern. It works out. Uh, it works out quite well for me personally. What do you use? Do you use Google inbox or traditional Gmail? Um. I use traditional Gmail, not Google Inbox. That's great. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Um, I get eight every three days total. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so three, yeah, not three and a half. Sleep is a, sleep's at a premium right now. And, uh, you know, it's a combination of bad shoulders, um, stress, and uh, traveling too much in too many different hotel rooms. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kiddos? Uh, I'm married, two kids, both in college, both interning out in San Francisco this summer. Oh, fun. Um, so, Pretty excited about that. And how old are you, Rob? Uh, I just turned 50 in March. Congratulations. Any plans to go public? Uh, always plans. Never sure when those plans, you know, what the timeline is to put against it. Uh, All right. You know, I definitely think that's the exit. Uh, it's going to be a couple of years at least, probably a couple of years for us. Take us home. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, what I knew or what I wish uh, the advice I would give is, uh, <laughs> you know, make sure you call your mom more. I really mean that, right? So as I get older, my kids are now, you know, in college and, uh, you know, I've had this crazy life for the last 10 years. Um, the importance of, of that family dynamic is, is never, has never been so strong for me. Did you lose your mom? Uh, I lost my mom, uh, two years ago, actually. Yes. Guys, there you have it. Call your mom more from Rob. Had a big vision back many years ago uh, to say, you know what? We should be able to get loans out to small businesses, allow them to create jobs, eventually create this you know, animal that is cash flow as a service to allow the baker focus on what he or she loves, which is baking. They're scaling very nicely. 2017 did 200 million bucks in revenue, 1.5 billion lent in that year alone. This year, in the next few months, they'll pass 5 billion total lent to over 150,000 small businesses, scaling over 300 million bucks in revenue, looking at many different products, again, to make that vision of cash flow as a service come true. Interested in blockchain and, and crypto that sits on top of it, but nothing particularly as important right now as him managing volatility in capital markets, both domestically uh, and across the world. So Rob, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thank you. Have a great rest of the day.